Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Uh, one of the biggest stories this week was, of course, the arrival of the uh, migrants to Chicago from Texas after they crossed the border. Here to chat a little bit about that and what Chicago is doing and where we go from here is Tara Tidwell Collins. She's the director of communications national Im- or the director of communications, excuse me, with the National Immigrant Justice Center. Tara, thanks for uh, joining us here this afternoon. Thanks so much for having me. I um obviously this I think it caught a lot of people by surprise. We were talking in the newsroom about how this wasn't all that telestrated, and obviously, if we were surprised by it by just people you know at, at home, I imagine how surprising, upsetting, strange it is to literally get loaded on a bus, driven twelve hours, and then dropped off. Have you been able to hear a little bit more or, or about what's happened here? What what's happening to these uh, individ these people uh, as of right now? Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Um, I just want to start by saying that my colleagues and I, we've been really grateful this week to be Chicagoans and to be a part of this community that's responded with such compassion and resilience to actions that these people had to go through as a result of, you know, actions that the Texas government governor took, which he clearly had hoped would evoke the opposite reaction. Um, the National Immigrant Justice Center through the city's Legal Protection Fund began coordinating a couple of weeks ago with the city of Chicago and the mayor's office and other community partners to prepare for a rapid response. If buses were sent to Chicago, um, we would closely have been following the arrival of people in New York and Washington, D.C. under similar circumstances. And then over the past two days, uh, my colleagues at NIJC have been at the respite center where um, the city has been bringing families and individuals who arrived on Wednesday night. Um, and what we've been doing is meeting with people to assess their immigration status and to help ensure that they know what their legal rights are here in the United States and explaining the steps they're going to have to take to pursue their legal claims once they arrive at their final destinations in the United States. And I know I'll that- just note right off the back that the, the right to asylum has been a part of U.S. law for a really long time, for several decades now. Uh, along with other legal protections for people who come fleeing danger and to reunite with their family. And so no matter how people arrive, it's critical that they understand those rights and have the tools they need to defend them. And that's a part of the work that NIJC does every day. So this is, you know, this is our ongoing work to make sure that people understand their rights. For in sure. The US and I, immigration system. Yeah. And I just want to understand, are all of them claiming asylum or does it depend on each case? You know, every case is different. Um, Several people we spoke to this week are hoping to pursue asylum, but we're still, you know, meeting with folks and it's really just the beginning of their of their legal journey. So everyone's going to have a different story, but there were a number of people hoping to pursue asylum. Yeah, right. And and what I was wondering about that is because correct me if I'm wrong, but if you are an asylum seeker, um, I don't know if there has to be some A-OK given from the government. But I believe you're able to work at that point. Am I incorrect there? The U.S. asylum system is, uh, is complicated, and that includes um, the right to, to work. So, like I said, it's, it's the beginning of what's going to be a long journey, and that includes the, you know, access to employment authorization, right. which does come later on in the process. But right, and, and I know that sh- like shelter and food and keeping a family together are the first priorities. I, I hope I didn't right. seem insensitive saying, are they going to go to war? That's not what I meant. I guess what I meant is what's next in the process for them, because you know this could take some time. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that those those immediate needs are really what um, we and our other partners at the city of Chicago and a number of other really fantastic organizations here have been focused on this week um, to ensure people are safe and sheltered and have their health care needs met um, and get where they're, you know, where they were intending to go. And some people were planning to come to Chicago and some people will be moving along. So it's yeah. really those first. I, I think that this. Yeah, and I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Tony. I know that this is, uh, Tara, this is a obviously a very political football, but at the end of the day, these are people, and some of them, you know, not, you know, through horrific circumstances ended up where they are right now. And I, I, I think that a lot of Chicagoans are asking themselves, okay, even if you disagree maybe with immigration policy in the United States, which, okay, are asking what they can do to help. Have you been feeling that too? Right. Yeah. No, the outpouring of support from the community at all levels has been really heartening this week. Um, and there are a number of people reaching out to ask how they can help. And um, how can they? So the city has just set up an email address to respond to this need. Um, and that's donations at cityofchicago.org. And the, the city has been coordinating uh, those donations and the response at the respite center. So that's one place people can turn. But I also just, and you know, want to reiterate again that for NIJC and for other organizations we've been working with this week, that this is a part of our ongoing work to support new arrivals and our neighbors here in Chicago. So I encourage people to look for ways to support all of that good work, um, which is happening in addition to these new emerging needs. Do you guys get any heads up that, you know, if another bus is coming so that there isn't this confusion on the streets outside of Union Station at 10 at night? You know, we uh, we learned about this bus, I think, you know, after it was already en route to Chicago um, from another NGO in Texas. So and I think that's how it's been happening for folks um, in other cities as well. So we are expecting other people to arrive we don't know when um and we know we won't have much notice and and Um, these are these are people that run the gamut of age and everything right 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 yeah we had we had families um some with very young children Uh, we had folks who were traveling as individuals um it's really a you know people from many different backgrounds Right. And we only have 10 seconds, so this is not long enough to answer this question. But we had someone say these are illegal border crosses. But if they are seeking asylum, that's a legal process in the United States, correct? Correct. The right to asylum has long been a part of U.S. law, and it's one that we really need to need to uphold for everyone. All right, Tara, thank you so much for your time, okay? Thank you. Quick break in the news here on WGN. WGN. 